When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry, I'll hang up and listen, I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to episode 118 of Two Goalies, One Mike. I am Dwayne Sennell, joined shortly by my co-host, Johnny Cullen. Uh, but right now, we have Lazzy, John Lazarus, from the Blue Crew Pod, Dump and Chase Pod, and, of course, works with Bleacher Report for the New York Rangers. Johnny, you've had quite the past year. Uh, how, how has it been, bud? Uh, it's been mentally and physically exhausting, but also mentally and physically exciting. Um, you know, every day is, is different and, uh, it's been a lot of fun and, you know, hockey's, you know, at the best point that I could ever remember, right? Like this has definitely been the most exciting times I feel like to be a hockey fan. And, uh, you know, the Eastern conference teams like ours that we follow the Sabres, the Rangers are, you know, looking good and, and looking fun. So it's been, it's been pretty awesome. Yeah. But, and, uh, one thing too, this past week, you've, uh, been kind of, not this past week, for a few months now, you've been on the Sabres bandwagon, but you oh, went yeah. you went to bat for Buffalo this past week. You and Mr. Lazzy, Mr. Lazarus, uh-huh. uh, after that very controversial uh, no-goal call, or goal call, sorry, uh, it was no goal, then changed to a goal against the Islanders, and it just continues the question, like in football, what is a catch, what is a kicking motion? Because I played soccer for a big chunk of my life growing up before I made hockey a priority. And that was 1,000% a kicking motion to me. I have a confession. I don't want to hear it. No, don't. you better not You better not rescind. So, no, no, no. I'll never rescind. But I, so when I tweeted the video, I'd only seen the slow-mo version. And to me, in the slow-mo, it's like pretty clear that it's a kick. Later that night, after debating Islander fans for the entire day, my roommate showed me the full-speed goal. Because I was at the Devils-Leafs uh, game that night, so I didn't get to watch uh, the Islander Sabres game and okay. in full speed, I kind of agree with the call in full but, speed when you slow it down. Yeah. In full speed. I think to me, it's more of a redirection than a kick, but like in slow-mo, I think it's a kick, but like, you know, to that point, I could never take it back. My comment, like I wouldn't tweet like, Oh, I no. think that this is the right call. Cause like I don't get destroyed. But after seeing the full speed, I like don't disagree as much as I did when I originally saw the, the, the goal. But, but here, but here's the thing. They looked at that call for well over ten minutes. 
Mm-hmm. They, they, they had, I mean, I'm sure they're seeing different angles than we are. So when I watch that, like I'm, people look to say, well, going off the shin, it winning off his foot for it to be a kick. Against his foot. No, that's not necessarily true. You know, I've, yeah. again, I've played soccer for a long time. I've kicked balls off my shin before it happens. Every single game of, of soccer that's ever existed, you kick balls off your shin. It happens. Um, and you also, uh, you don't kick ball. You don't kick a ball with the front of your foot. You kick it with your heel. Mm-hmm. That's how you kick a soccer ball. You know, that's how you kick a kickball. That's how you kick, you know, to a certain extent of football. You know, when you want a field goal, when a, uh, they're in a field goal kick. Like, so for me, that whole argument, oh, it went, it went off his, it, you know, it didn't go off his heel. It went up, you know, whatever. Like, no, that was a kick to me. Slow down. You slow down. You can see, clearly see his foot coming forward. To me, that was a kick. But, you know, I digress. I appreciate as much as uh, the rest of the Sabres fans, you know, you coming to bat for us this past yeah. week because that sucked. I mean, I've been, uh, you know, I've been saying Sabres in the playoffs since like November. So, uh, you know, I'm really trying to get them going here. And what did they do? They let up a stinker of 10 goals here and against Dallas. That one hurt. Yeah, hurt is one word for it. Uh, mm-hmm. They gave up. <laughs> they gave up on their goalie. And well, the guy I went to bat for, Eric Comrie, I know, you know, anytime a goalie lets in 10 goals in a game, there's blame, there's blame to go around, especially on them. But when, I don't know how anybody watching that game, and I'll bring up the heat map too if I can find it. <laughs> like the heat map is absurd. Um, they had seven goals scored from below the dots, like, and that blue area of high danger scoring, like, from around the crease up until the top of the circles, there isn't any white on the heat map. It's all blue because mm-hmm. that's where the majority of their forty-nine shots came from. Was literally that area of the ice. And seven other ten were scored from that area, and they, including they had a two on zero that started from the top of the faceoff circles. Comrie missed a poke, poke check. The guy's probably dog ass tired and just frustrated. Threw, threw a stick out there, hoping you know, hoping for anything, and they end up, he ended up missing. And they end up scoring on a two on zero. But you know, I, I watch those goals and I look at him like, how can you blame your goaltender for that, man? Like, I I get it, I get it. He's the guy that's supposed to stop the puck, but in terms of being left out to dry, they left Eric Comrie out to dry and they gave up probably halfway through that third period. They gave up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I didn't get to watch much of it. I had a men's league game, so I, I missed a lot of, a lot of action that night. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I, the Sabres to me have been a really fun team to watch. Obviously they're missing Alex Tuck right now. Um, you know, I, I do think goaltending is obviously their biggest question mark, but as far as scoring goals, they're totally fine. Their blue line has a, a pretty good future ahead of them. So, uh, you know, I'm not too concerned about the Sabres future. I was hoping they could put it together right now and make the playoffs. It's yeah. kind of looking like that might not happen, but you know, I'm not giving up hope yet. No, and I'm not either. I mean, you lose five out of your last six. Um, obviously that one against the Islanders was a real killer. Yeah. Um, because that's a four point swing. You're fighting with mm-hmm. them, uh, for a playoff spot. Uh, and then you have the Rangers tonight and, you know, not a division game, but you know, a team that, you know, loaded up at the deadline, which I, we're going to get into right now. And uh, this this is a must win for Buffalo. You have to win today, and obviously, something you don't want to see happen. But uh, <laughs> just take us through uh, what the the Rangers did at the deadline. Um, your feelings towards it? I mean, I mean, it was the worst kept secret in the NHL. Patrick Kane to the to the New York Rangers mm-hmm. uh, when they finally made that uh, that trade official. You know, getting the greatest American born hockey player ever um, is now a New York Ranger playing in the big apple, you know, your feelings about that. And just take us, take us through that whole week. I mean, 
the whole week. Uh, you know, I remember hearing on Thursday night that it was it was happening, and then, you know, uh, I think it was actually a, a friend of mine, Stefan Rosner, who like first reported it that it was happening, and there were details to figure out and whatnot. And I just remember like. I, I mean, I couldn't believe it. Like, you know, I've, I've posted a lot of clips about it and I've talked about it on a lot of shows, including mine. And, um, you know, Patrick Kane, you know, obviously like Tarasenko, incredible. You know, we can't overlook that. Like what a great yeah. move by the Rangers to get Tarasenko. But there's something different about Patrick Kane. Like, you know, I grew up, um, you know, I was in high school from like 2010 to 2014. And in those years was, you know, two two Blackhawks Cups, right? Like, that's when the Blackhawks really started to become a dynasty, which they are considered a dynasty. They won three cups in five years. They're definitely a dynasty. And, you know, before every game, I used to watch two players' highlights, and that was Pavel Datsuk and Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. Not that I played, like, either of them, but, you know, those were the guys that that I loved watching. They were fun. They were flashy. They had skill. They did everything. Um, and Patrick Kane, you know, it's one of those things where as we get older, we love hockey. We love rooting for our teams, but you know, the players get younger and it becomes harder to relate. And, you know, going into Madison square garden, seeing number 88 on the Rangers, it like made me feel like a kid again. Um, you know, I was at his MSG debut and obviously it wasn't the night that we wanted, but you know, I, I think that's what makes it so cool just for me is, you know, having this player that I idolized my entire life, like playing for my team. Like that's never really, happened to me before um you know you can make the case for carmelo anthony uh you know the knicks yep. i was a huge knicks fan but like i was still 16 or whatever when that happened and i didn't appreciate it as much as i do now uh you know rick nash another guy that like you know he was a star when he came but like i didn't like love rick nash before um you know so that was different as well but i mean i think back to your original question what the rangers did and what i think about it you know i don't think they risked so much like people want to say you know, their future could be in jeopardy or whatever. I don't think it's like, you know, that big of a deal. But when they got Tarasenko and Kane for what they got them for, you know, I think 31 other teams in the NHL would do the same exact thing. So, um, listen, are they are they built to win the cup? Do they have the the best team to, to go do it? Uh, you know, I don't know if that's the right puzzle piece per se to go win a Stanley Cup because they have so much skill and now they just have to put the, uh, you know, the physical play together and be a little harder to play against. But, you know, as far as talent goes, like I can't name a, a more talented roster right now in the NHL than the Rangers. Yeah, I mean, you're right there with the Bruins, right? Like how much the East loaded up at the deadline. The, well, not at the deadline, but throughout the week. It, it's scary, man. I mean, it's really anybody's anybody's game in the, out of the West, man. Anybody can come out of the West, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't really think you can look at one particular team and say they're the favorite because, I mean, even what is it, Colorado? Last year's champions, they're fighting for a wild card spot. They're mm-hmm. a loaded team. I mean, I mean, Cal McCarr, I guess he's having a down year for his standards. Well, he's been hurt and, you know, yeah, he's not a yeah, lot yeah, whatnot. Yeah. But regardless, like, you know, anybody could really come out of the West. It's really anybody's, anybody's you know, game. Mm-hmm. But the East is just going to be a dogfight in that first round. I mean, who are, the, who are the Rangers projected to get first or as of right now if, if, if it was going to end today? The Devils. The Devils, dude. I just were you, were you a Seinfeld guy? No, no, I'm actually not. You know I probably, sh- I probably should about. be, but I'm not. Huh? You, what you need to do is you need to go watch the episode of Seinfeld where David Putty, Elaine's uh, boyfriend, they call it's called the uh, the face painter, um, and they get free tickets to a Rangers Devils playoff game on the boards, mm-hmm. and um, 
her boyfriend, this guy, David Putty, who's really awkward. He talks like, uh, just talks in a really monotone voice. Uh, really key character of the show. Uh, he Elaine invites him to come to the game. He's a huge Devils fan. He's wearing a Brodeur jersey. He comes out of the bathroom and he's literally wearing face paint. And they're all really? just like taken back. Like, whoa, what, what is this? And he just fucking loses his mind at the game. Just like to them, it's embarrassing because it's like they're not as avid sports fans as he is. Mm-hmm. And then Devils win after the game. Uh, a very high end like priest or you know uh, priest from from New York City is in a car and uh, he's crossing the street and he looks at this priest in the face with his face paint. I go, "We're the devils, yeah, we're the devils." Mm-hmm. And the guy literally has a heart attack like right right then and there. Uh, honestly, an iconic episode. I, I'm not really giving it any justice, but definitely worth a watch, especially if that is how it all you know projects and pans out. Rangers Devils uh, first round playoff matchup. You definitely have to watch that episode. It's phenomenal. But um, they, again, the Devils went out and got Timo Meyer, uh, the most sought after, probably next to Patrick Kane. You know, uh, at the deadline, most sought after, sought after player, and they 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 they. Uh, even though I feel like the Rangers are more ready to win now than the Devils, the Devils in that Metropolitan Division, they're going to be a team to be dealt with for a long time, especially if they lock up Meyer long-term. I actually have the Devils to win the division. Uh, that was one of my futures bets right now. I, I put that in after the deadline, after the move they made. I think there was like plus 330 or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, not incredible odds, but they're right there with Carolina right now. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I still think that the Devils won the deadline. Um you know, I think, you know, it was obvious Timo Meyer was going to go there. But as far as like putting the right piece of the puzzle in place, like the Devils, you know, getting Timo Meyer, I think, is like exactly what they needed. Yeah. Um, you know, not not just a skill guy, but a guy who's, you know, pretty physical and likes to mix it up a little bit, can score goals. And, and they have so many playmakers on that team. Like he makes them so much better. Um, you know, I really do think that that was what they needed and they went out and got it. And, you know, for me, the Devils are a super scary team. And, uh you know, I, I posted a clip last week that got a lot of traction from Devils fans because I said, like, I'll say what what Ranger fans are kind of afraid to say. Like, I'm afraid of the Devils. Um, Should be, I, you know, be. yeah. And a lot, but a lot of people are like saying, you know, the Devils are the little brother of of the Rangers and, and the Islanders or whatever. But like, that's not the case at all. Um, you know, since the Devils have been around, they've you know they've won the most in my lifetime. You know, out of the teams here, they've won three cups since I've been alive. So, uh, not that that has to do with anything today, but. You know, the Devils to me are, are a fun team to watch. They got a lot of talent and Hughes, Brat. Um, Mercer's been like the hottest guy in the NHL. Vanek he's really come on late, man. Oh my God. Yeah. But he screwed me the other night. I took over, <laughs> like, I took over two and a half shots. He didn't have one shot on goal, Dawson Mercer. And, and I know that's, uh, you know, whatever, it's sports betting. But, um, you know, you'd think he had 14 shots on goal in the previous two games. He'd get three, but yeah. not when I decided to pick him. Two. For, and honestly, like, they, 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 Getting Timo Meyer from him, that's the right move. I think that's the kind of the state the move. I mean, yeah, we we as Sabres fans, we wanted to see Sa- like the Sabres make a make a run at Timo Meyer, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with what they did. I mean, they have the youth, they have the talent, they have talent that's ready to win now, plus talent in the pipeline on the roster right now that's got, gonna have them loaded for the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was nothing wrong with what they did. And I mean fans here in Buffalo just are so content. Which is seeing Pat, and yeah, we're going to be good next year. I mean, if we don't make it this year, playoffs are definitely the expectation next year. But there would have been nothing wrong with Buffalo giving up some picks or prospects for a guy like Timo Meyer, a guy if you lock him up. You know, obviously, I feel like it would be contingent 
in our situation, at least it would be contingent on them, <clears throat> on them um, locking them up long-term. But like, there would be nothing wrong with that. I mean, you're loaded in your pipeline. I mean, you, you've had five first round picks in the last two seasons. You've used every pick. Four of mm-hmm. those guys are down, down either the AHL or, you know, still in junior right now. And the only one of the five is Owen Power, who's playing 25 plus minutes a night for you. Yeah. I mean, I still think, though, like the right move with how the East has played out this year, you know, is to protect those assets and, and go for it in the, in the next, you know, three to five years for a team like Buffalo. That's really young. Um, you know, this isn't their window right now. So I, I wouldn't expect them to go out and make a move like that. Uh, you know, obviously you want to reward the team for the season they're having, but I think it was pretty smart of them to not attack the deadline. Yeah. I mean, again, I was on both sides of the fence. Um, when I wasn't like a lot of fans are furious about Jacob Chikrin. Um, I was when it happened because I was never a Jacob Chikrin guy because I always knew that it was going to cost a lot. And I wasn't willing to give up that much for a guy who, you know, has been often hurt um realistically is only probably like a 45 to 55 point defenseman a season but mm-hmm. would really fit well on your second pairing which is something we desperately needed but i wasn't willing to give up what arizona wanted and you've seen what they went for it was just like you know what the fuck like like we could have afforded that we could have afforded to make that trade three times and that i think that's what had buffalo really disappointed uh a huge need and instead you went and trade a blue chip prospect like josh bloom for Riley Stillman, um, which I, I still don't really understand. He had a terrible game. Everybody had a terrible game against Dallas, but him especially. Um, but I, I mean, again, I, I agree with you. I'm fine with waiting. I just think Sabres fans, Buffalo fans are just so fed up with another year of saying, we'll get them next year, maybe next year, or mm-hmm. you know, the bills are right around the corner. And um, I, again, I'm on both sides of that fence. I'm fine with, the season ending with no playoffs because I know next year that they will potentially probably be in the mix. Um, but I'm also disappointed because we came, we're coming so close. We were right there. And, you know, I guess for those, those people who want to win now, you just didn't make the right moves to get there now. Mm-hmm. So, um, but regardless, since Patrick Kane has kind of um, since, since, since not since he kind of, since he's, uh, made his way to New York. How do you feel about his play so far? You know, how has he gelled uh, with the line he's been on? And, you know, how has he added to that that uh, special teams? I mean, I don't think he's been at his best in his first three games. Um, you know, the first two were, were pretty tough ones, losing to Ottawa, losing to Boston. I didn't get to watch much of the Boston game, and I only watched the first half of the Montreal game um, just because I, I was playing hockey both those days. But, uh, you know, for Kane, I think it's just going to take time and, um, he, he will gel, right? Like it's Patrick Kane. He's not yeah. a hard guy to play with. Um, so I think him and Panarin, you know, as, as the games go on, they'll find that chemistry again. Um, you know, he's had a couple tough turnovers and hasn't looked great defensively, but you know, th- that'll change in time. I'm, I'm still pretty confident when the, the games matter most, the mistakes will be limited. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's not what we've expected so far. He's got one goal in three games, you know, an assist, I believe as well, uh, hasn't necessarily lit it up. But I think in time he will. Yeah, I don't think you gave up what you gave up, though, for him, even though it didn't end up being a lot. Um, for him to perform now, it's come oh, yeah. playoffs when mm-hmm. he really when you know, when showtime shows up. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's what that's why you went and got him, because he's arguably been the top three best playoff performers of the last decade. Um, you know, Hart Trophy winner, Conn Smythe winner. 
I believe he won the rocket once. I mean, the guy is, just, he just does it all in the playoffs. I mean, and it's a guy, you know, I, you know, played against in spring travel here in Buffalo. And I remember, you know, I've told this story once before. I remember he like, this kid was touted to be, you know, the next big thing in Buffalo since he was eight years old. Like everybody knew this kid had a talent. His dad had him playing in multiple leagues, you know, at a time. I remember there were times where he would play one period in one game and then leave, you know, leave the game, go to another rink to play another game. You know, it was just his dad never had him not playing hockey. And um, I remember one game uh, going up against him in spring, uh, spring travel. Like I was just like, you know, I was all, I was all pumped up. It was like, oh, I'm going to shut the door on this kid. You know, I don't care. I don't care who he is. You know, we are 12, 13 years old scores three times on me in one period and he leaves the game and go to go to, go to the rink. And I'm like, well, that didn't really work out. I went, he went three for six on me. Kid was just always destined here in Buffalo to be the next big thing. And, you know, getting drafted first overall by Chicago after the, you know, the short career he had with London, Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, we are always so proud of the, the player he ended up becoming here in Buffalo. How could you not be, you know, and we hope the Quentin Musty out of Hamburg, uh, here in Buffalo, who was, uh, drafted first overall by Sudbury in the OHL. He's draft eligible this year. We hope, you know, he follows in Kane's footsteps and continues to make Buffalo proud here as well. Also in front of the program, uh, Johnny coaches his uh, younger sister who was a goalie. So, uh, you know, I, I'm happy for you guys. I got, you know, if there was a team to get him, I'm glad it was you. Um, you know, the kid has just always I still call him a kid. Um, he's always just, you know, been a, an incredible hockey player. And this year, you know, sure. Maybe it's a down year for him, but again, when once playoffs come, it's over in my opinion, like he, there's just a switch he turns on and it's over. I mean, I completely agree, but also, you know, he hasn't really played playoff hockey in the last couple of years. So he's going to have to figure that out again. Um, which I think he will. And the Rangers, I think, just have to find a way to be hard to play against. They have to battle. Um, you know, I think last year it, it showed against Tampa that it was like, you know, varsity versus JV a little bit. And uh, hopefully that experience kind of goes with them into this year, into this postseason. So, you know, I do think to your point, Kane's going to step up. He's going to not only be the performer on the ice, but that voice in the locker room as well that calms everybody down and, and says, you know, listen, you guys have been here before. It's not, it's not the bit, you know, it's not something to, to grip your stick a little too tight about. Um, just go out there and play your game, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and again, you have a world-class goaltender in Shesterskin who honestly, you know, next to Vasilevsky, there's no other goalie in the world I'd want in that for me in the playoffs with him. Um, the kid's going to be an absolute stud. Um, that must be cool to go from Lundqvist to Shesterskin. That must be fun. I mean, meanwhile, yeah. meanwhile, it's been 12 years since we've had a starting a legitimate starting goaltender in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Ranger fans are spoiled, that's for sure, as far as goalies go. So Yeah, well, it was like us with, with Hashik. We went from Hashik to Miller with our bridge between the two where was Baran for mm-hmm. like a year. You know, you know, we, we, we were spoiled there for too, but, you know, to go from arguably, not even the, arguably the greatest Swedish goaltender that ever lived, right over into Shesterskin, who, again, is your 1A or 1B to Vasilevsky. Um I, I, I'm a big, I, I mean, as a goalie, like I love watching goaltenders in the playoffs. I think, you know, it's, I, I've always felt bad for Carey Price because he was never able to be on a team in Montreal that was good enough, kind of like the way Hashik was with Buffalo, that was good enough to get them over the hump and win a Stanley Cup. I always felt the same way about, uh, you know, Montreal. And in some respects, no offense, you know, the Rangers, because Lundqvist would play at an all-worldly level and they just could never get over that hump. I think things are going to be different with Shazerskin. Mm-hmm. For sure, oh. agree. 
Yeah, but um, I'm a big fan of Keandre Miller. Um, I love his game. Um, yeah, I just I, the guy. If I were to, if I were to if I were to want any single defenseman to fit into what we have going in Buffalo, he was always you know probably top five on that list for me. I'm I'm a big fan of Keandre Miller. Uh, but transitioning from that, you know, where do you see this game against Buffalo going today? Coming off a 10-4 loss, um, you guys kind of still trying to you know figure things out post deadline, you know. Do you, do you do you like this matchup against Buffalo? I mean, I know again, I know they got pumped for ten uh, one uh, one day ago, but do you like this matchup for them to kind of get themselves back on track? And um, you know, how do you see this game going? I mean, the Sabers have lost what five of their last six games. You know, not looking very good defensively, not scoring many goals as well for a pretty for a team that's very offensive. Um, you know, I, the Rangers haven't announced a starter yet. The Rangers play the Penguins tomorrow, so I imagine Halak will get the nod in this game. Uh, which you know gives Buffalo somewhat of an advantage, I would say. Not that Halak's been bad, but you know, obviously Shesterkin is the better option of the two. But you know, I, I do think the Rangers come out and hopefully they they find their offensive firepower. They had some slow starts the last couple games. I mean, they let up a goal against Montreal in the first like five, not five, uh, thirty-five seconds. Um, so hopefully they have a better start. But you know, I see this one being a barn burner, like a you know six-four, five-three, um, you know, pretty high-scoring game. Uh, I don't think both teams are very defensively minded, so should be a back and forth one. Should be pretty high scoring. Should be a lot of fun. You know, Patty Kane playing at home at home in Buffalo with the Rangers for the first time. Um, you know, it should be a lot of Ranger fans, I would think. But you know, I think it's definitely going to be a fun game. Um, Ryan Lingren's still out of the lineup. That's a huge loss. Keandre Miller's back. We saw him uh, in Montreal, and uh, yeah, I'm expecting a fun game, fun high scoring game, and you know, should be some back and forth action. Uh, before we let you go here, too, you cover U UMass uh, hockey, correct? Your uh, you mm -hmm. do commentary. Yep. You got an opportunity to see our boy Levin Levi. Was it a week or two ago live? Uh, what did you think? He's a stud, man. He played a really strong game. Um, Northeastern actually came up short in that game, losing three to two. But he made a couple sprawling saves. Like this guy is never out of position. Um, you know, even when you think you got him beat, you don't. I think <clears throat> when he eventually gets into the Buffalo organization, he could be the goalie that they've been looking for for so long. Like you said before. Um, you know, he seems like a very cool, calm, collected kind of guy. And, uh, you know, Northeastern's coach, I'm blanking on the name. Keith, I think coach Keith, Keith. was it? Yeah. Coach Keith. Yeah. Um, you know, he was telling us that everyone in the room loves him as well. So that's speaks a lot to him as a, as a person, which is good for the city of Buffalo too. So, uh, a lot of things to be excited about as far as the future of goaltending goes for the Sabres. Yeah. I mean, we just recently traded Eric Portillo's rights to, uh, the LA Kings, uh, we, we, uh, we got back the draft pick we used on him, um, out of Michigan. So, you know, it kind of clears the way for him. I know UPL has had an up and down season, um, a lot more highs this year than last season, you know, when he did, uh, briefly play for Buffalo and, uh, in relief, uh, due to injury. But, uh, <clears throat> I, I agree, Devin, you know, even though he's six foot one on a good day, maybe six foot two, the kid doesn't let size hurt him. And, mm -hmm. uh, He's been a been, he's had a phenomenal season. Uh, Hockey East Goalie of the Year, uh, nominated for the Mike Richter Award. I'm not sure if he's in the conversations for the Hobie Baker Award this year, but uh, again, just a phenomenal something something great to look forward to. You know, I'd expect that he would sign whenever Northeast Eastern's uh, season ends this year, and probably play a few games in Rochester. And depending how Buffalo's going, maybe you see him for a few games in Buffalo this year. You never know. That's, yeah, that, that kind of tends with a with a player like him. I, that, at least in Buffalo, that's, that's how it, kind of how it tends to shake out. You know, you mm -hmm. see those guys in the season in these games that might not matter. Hopefully that's not the case. But uh, Johnny, just want to say thank you for hopping on with us. Unfortunately, uh, Cully couldn't make it. 
Um, you know, I'll, I'll scold them later, but thanks for hopping on, bud. Appreciate it. Uh, if you guys want to check out Lazzy, uh, over the blue crew pod dump, uh, dump change at dump change show on Twitter. And of course, all of his work he does with bleacher report, uh, Johnny, thanks for hopping on, bud. Thanks Dwayne. Appreciate it. All right, guys, this has been episode 118 of two goalies, one Mike with Johnny Lazarus. Uh, signing off, I am Dwayne for Cully. This has been brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case on George Urban Boulevard. For all your Sabres game day, game night needs, get over to Outlet Liquor uh, and uh, quench your thirst. Uh, I am Dwayne. Three words. Let's go, Buffalo. Hey, everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now, you might be thinking, hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.